Welcome to the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM. Now here's your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall, and today we are going to talk about tourism here in Newfoundland, in particular adventure and active tourism. And with us, there's nobody better to speak about this in the province than having Minister Bernard Davis here. Welcome to the show. Great to be here, Mike. All right. For those of you who don't know Minister Davis, he has a really long track record of involvement here in the province and been involved with government uh, for a number of years, but has had the opportunity to work with advanced education, skills, and labor, and in 2019 was sworn in as the Minister of Tourism, Culture, Industry, and Innovation. So he's got the inside scoop on what we can do here this summer. So, uh, Minister Davis, uh, you know, it's been a really interesting time here in the province recently. And we have the summer to ourselves, it looks like. So what are some things that we should be doing here at home to engage in tourism? Mike, it's a very good question. I mean, we've we've been working very closely with uh, Hospitality Newfoundland and Labrador and our tourism operators uh, almost on a daily basis since this pandemic has started and, you know, making sure that when the federal government came in with some some money, we were there to, you know, make sure the gaps were being filled. And and these operators have invested a lot, an awful lot of money and time and energy into putting a first class product on on the display for people when they come here, whether they're residents or non-residents uh, traveling to this province. And you know, we want to make sure that that's continues into the future. And and some of the activities uh, that we're we're looking at a uh, marketing campaign that'll be. Uh, you know, starting sometime mid-June, uh, where it's going to be, you know, encouraging people to vacation right here in Newfoundland and Labrador and spend your money in, in this province, uh, supporting your neighbors, friends, and family, uh, who are the uh, people behind these businesses that uh, give so much to the economy in this province. Exactly. It's, it's ironic you say that because um, literally a couple of days ago, uh, I was chatting with a colleague of mine, and we were saying, you know, it would be so great to have uh, a place where we can go and find out what's available, and you could just get a package where, you know, you got your, your vacation was planned, and you can spend that money here and, and just go somewhere and have have something laid out just like you would if you went anywhere else. I think it'd be that'd be great for locals. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, and and that's part of where we you can visit Newfoundland uh, NewfoundlandLabrador.com, uh, which will have uh, a lot of information about operators and, and activities that would be would be uh, able to be participated in by people. And part part of the uh, things that the appeal of Newfoundland Labrador is its rustic nature and the ability for us to get out and experience something that you can't experience anywhere else in the world and uh, outside the people. Our scenery is uh, the next biggest thing within our province's viewscape that, uh, that's uh, inviting people to come here. That's great. Yeah, and things may be a little bit different in how we experience it, but I think that's almost a good thing for those of us that have done some tourism here in the province because you can go experience it in a different way. And There might be some really creative ways that operators and people are, are getting involved. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, about the wellness side of things, right? So obviously, wellness show, um, getting outside and being physically active. Um, adventure tourism is a huge thing in the world, and we happen to have an amazing epicenter for it here in the province. What are some things people can can look for for adventure tourism in Newfoundland? Well, I mean, we have a lot of different things. We have about 170 businesses, or so Mike, that uh, that participate in the outdoor adventure products, uh, and and that opportunities for individuals to participate in. We have boat tours. We have marine and fishing experiences. We have, you know, hiking and adventure. We have rafting, uh, walking, uh, food and and foraging tours and, you know, ATV tours. And and in the wintertime, we have uh, snowmobile tours. Uh, You know, so there's an awful lot of activity going on and it employs an awful lot of people. Uh, We just look at the industry as, um, you know, a lot of people view tourism not as a a, a huge economic driver that it is. It's $1.14 billion 
million dollars uh, in in sales throughout the year. It employs about 20,000 people and, and some 2,700 businesses. So there's an awful lot of activity going on in all regions of the province, and, that, and that's the most interesting part about it, Mike. It's it touches every community in our province, and and every uh, every walk of life uh, has the ability to do that. And every region of our province has something a little different to offer to you know a visitor. Yeah, and there's, it's funny because I've been looking through the map and, and seeing some areas that I haven't spent a lot of time at, and I'm, I'm planning on going down and seeing what I can do in those areas because every time you turn a corner, it could be completely different. I mean, you go from Navalon to Central to the West Coast, and the and the, and the geography is completely different. The activity is completely different. Uh, and so, yeah, so, I mean, I think that there's there's tons of things that we could, we could keep busy for a couple of years, I'd say. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just the hiking trails alone, if you just look at the hiking trails in the province, I mean, we've got some crown jewels right here on the Avalon Peninsula. But, you know, if you if you want with the East Coast Trail, if you wanted to venture a little further away in every region of our province, there's a great trail network that, you know, everyone around the world uh, really, really uh, interested in, in visiting. I mean, I was I was out on the Great Northern Peninsula last year and I ran into a, a, a four individuals from uh, Germany that were mm-hmm. entering the province and, and I asked them why they chose here and they, they chose here directly for the hiking opportunities that they could avail of so you know I ran oh, yeah. I ran into them at one of the uh, the provincial parks out there, and it was uh, it was just amazing to have a conversation with them to see that this is something that they traveled. It was on their bucket list because a lot of people don't travel to Newfoundland and Labrador without being well planned because it's not an easy destination to get to in some cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do very well at attracting people to uh, to this province, and we want to make sure that they keep uh, Newfoundland and Labrador on their bucket list. I know it's not safe to travel here right now. In the coming months, uh, we hope that that'll uh, clear up and invite these individuals that are coming back to the province to. to come in here. But the biggest reason we, uh, we've we got this campaign ready to go to encourage Newfoundlanders and Labradorians to get out and experience, you know, what it is we love about our province and the ability to get in and see uh, those little things that have been done that nobody realizes have been done in the operations uh, uh, these tour operators have done. That's pretty amazing stuff. Right. And I mean, what better salespeople than the people from the province? And and you know what? Maybe it's Absolutely. time for us to all look at it and say, look, I haven't done a lot of these things that people travel here for. What do they know that I don't? So, Well, <laughs> that, you're right. There's a lot of pent-up demand here, too, Mike. I mean, people have been staring at the same four walls for, for almost 11 weeks now. And, uh, you know, that's a challenge in and of itself. And, and now we're starting to see the nicer weather come. Uh, and getting out and experiencing that, uh, what better way to do it than get out and see part of the province that we all know and love uh, and yeah. either explore it for the first First time or explore it for the twelfth time. Uh, we want to yes. encourage you to get out and see us. That's great, and it's good for our health, and it gets a bit of vitamin N, as T. A. Loeffler, one of my previous guests, said, vitamin nature. Yeah, <laughs> let's let's go through this list of uh, the things that you mentioned. You know, let's talk specifically. Uh, first thing you said was um, was boat tours. You know, and I know that there's tons of different ways to get out and, and take some uh, some boat tours. What are some key things people should look for when they're looking for a, a tour? Well, with with boat tours, I mean, there's there's obviously uh, this season is a tough season for them because you know you're going to miss an opportunity with respect to the non-resident uh, traffic to coming here. But you know those that operate, there's there's small and bigger operations. Whether you want to take advantage of seeing uh, you know ice, icebergs or birds uh, that would be uh, uh, around the different coastlines that we we have. I mean, they range from Labrador to St. Anthony to Twillingate, Bonavista Peninsula has uh, have them, Whitless Bay and Bay Bowls, even out of St. 
St. John's Harbor here, we have uh, some as well. And there's lots of opportunities for people to participate in, in boat tours. But it's not just the bigger operators. It's, it's Zodiac tours. It's opportunities to get in rafting. It's opportunities to get in, you know, sea kayaking. There's lot, all these different communities have something different to offer and something uh, that you're not going to see in the next community. If you raft in, if you kayak in one community or one uh, one bay, it's not going to be the same as the next bay you can go rafting so, or uh, kayaking in. So from my perspective, I encourage people to get out and experience as much as they can. Uh, and mm-hmm. knowing full well you've, you're not going to get it all done. If you wanted to see everything in Newfoundland, it's going to take you a lifetime to see it. It is. And kayaking, apparently, we've got some of the best uh, kayaking conditions in the world. I heard something on that recently. I thought that was amazing. And uh, and the whales are in already. So that's- Absolutely. We see some of the whales. Uh, we see some of the whales. And uh, I know people were uh, blocked in uh, on the TCH there a little while ago when there was some work happening, uh, emergency work that had to be done. But uh, some of them were enjoying the look of the whales jumping in the bay out there in Holyrood. So, you know, from that standpoint, we have so much to offer. And, and people uh, sometimes take it for granted. I know I have in the past. Uh, I try my best to get out and experience as much as I can at a province every time I get the opportunity to. So, you know, and I encourage people and, and uh, take Taking that time to uh, fall in love with this place again, uh, you know, is, is as good a time as any is right now. Totally, totally, and uh, it's it's on the on the fishing side of things too. A couple of my friends open uh, operate QV fishing out of the out of the gut. Um, you know, when fishing opens up, they they take me out and uh, we catch fish, and then we we make fish and chips uh, afterwards. And I think that maybe sometimes that experience might be even lost on people that are tourists because they don't understand how special that is. But Newfoundlanders, I mean, that's a heck of a way for us to experience our own culture firsthand and maybe in a unique way. You know, you're 100 percent correct, and you know, having having the we've done a lot of work with our operators and to, to give them all the credit in the world because they deserve it. They've looked at what the tourists that travel to this province want to experience and, and we've done a, a very good job of trying to uh, match that to what people want to experience. So, you know, investments put in place uh, to ensure that uh, you get that full experience, whether you, just like the example you use, go out and fish uh, for the cod, then go bring the cod in, clean the cod, mm-hmm. then go eat the cod. I mean, it is a fantastic uh, experience that you can't get anywhere else. And people yeah. We may take it for granted in some cases, but, uh, you know, it's something that is is quite an experience for for people that travel to this province. And, and, you know, even for a townie like myself, that's quite an experience uh, to get out and, and, uh, you know, get your hands dirty and experience something that's uh, pretty unique to this province. Totally. Uh, My friends call me a wannabe because I want to be, I'm always traveling around and and seeing all the great places that are around uh, around the province. The other day we went out uh, to a beach I had never even seen before and People were pulling lobster pots and uh, and there was whales breaching and it was just like it was unreal because one thing about Newfoundland I will tell you is that I never get sick of looking at the coastline. You can go for a hike and you can be on Signal Hill for the hundredth time or thousandth time or down in Doran's Lane or uh, Scurrowing Trail like you said or out in Grossmorn and, and no matter what the scenery just takes your breath away every time. It's just a unique unique uh, view compared to anywhere else in the world, in particular Canada. So we're lucky. Yeah, no, Mike. It's it's not the wind that takes your breath away when you're looking at the scenery here. I can tell you, it's it's actually the the view that you get to see. I, myself and my wife were on a trail uh, just last weekend, and we went up to Ladies' Lookout on the back end of uh, Kitty Vitty and uh, and the uh, Signal Hill. And I mean, just looking down at an eagle's nest. I mean, how many people get the opportunity to say they've done that on a weekend mm. five minutes away from your doorstep? So you know, it. from that perspective, it's it's amazing. And we have a, a plan this summer to get to seven of the trails that are that border uh, the Avalon region on the East Coast Trail, which is which is one goal that we want to try to set. Uh, but I mean, everyone has the ability to do those things, and it's important for us to get out and uh, push that. And 
and make sure the operators understand where people are too. Well, that's awesome. We're just starting. We've got a lot of things we're going to cover off the list that you gave us, but we're going to jump to a, a break here. I'm here with uh, Minister Bernard Davis. He is the Minister of Tourism, Culture, Industry, and Innovation. We'll be right back after this break. The Health and Wellness Show will be right back on your VOCM. Now back to Dr. Mike Wall. This is the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM. Welcome back to the show. I'm here with Minister Bernard Davis. He's the Minister of Tourism, Culture, Industry, and Innovation. And today we are talking about adventure tourism and active tourism here in the province this summer. Okay, uh, Minister Davis, before we went to the break, we were talking about some of our favorite trails and hiking around. Let's walk folks through what they'd be looking for if they if they get out and take part of some of those East Coast trails and some of the other trails around the province. Well, Mike, I mean, uh, East Coast Trail is, is a jewel, as we said before, but it's, it's only one one piece of uh, of a huge network right across the province uh, and right into Labrador, um, you know. So we've got, uh, I think, uh, over 90% of the people that travel to our province uh, participate in hiking experience, which is which is interesting, uh, you know. And a lot of Newfoundlanders, Labradorians, uh, do this on a daily basis themselves, and and getting out into taking an opportunity to, to work on some of these or walk some of these um, manicured trails or, or uh, worked on trails. I mean, the East Coast Trail does a fantastic job with a lot of volunteers and a lot of support. Uh, and many of the other trail systems around the province uh, are similar. They, they work on volunteers and people that are passionate about getting out and getting active and providing a, a top-notch service uh, for people that want to avail of it. And, and I mean, I get out myself uh, as much as I can on the trail networks uh, close to my home. And even when I'm on, even when I'm in other places in the province, uh, when I get the opportunity to go into uh, jump on a trail for a short period of time or a long period of time, I, I try to do that. So, you know, we've we've been pretty lucky um, in the province that we have such uh, a huge outdoor opportunity, and uh, encouraging people to go out and do that and, and travel, whether it be the Skirwing Trail. Uh, or whether it be out in Grossmore and hiking the mountain. You know, there's an opportunity for everyone and at all levels of ability too, right? There's easy there's easy trails, there's challenge, more challenging trails. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're not talking, not everyone can, can hike, uh, you know, uh, Grossmore Mountain, right? Not everyone can do that. You know, yeah. not everyone can do those more challenging tours. But if you work up to that, there's also, like, it's a training ground. If you wanted to work up to it, you have the ability to. We have an mm-hmm. opportunity out there for, you know, there's operators out there that will give you guided tours of trail networks and and backcountry that uh, you know you'll never get the opportunity to see it um, unless you get the opportunity to see it with uh, some local knowledge that's giving you some interesting stories along the way about what happened here and you know why this is built this way and and who's used this trail and why it was why it was used in the beginning because many of the trails that are built across this province were built there well before they were ever manicured and all that stuff they were used Mm -hmm. as as passages for people to get to where they wanted to go and uh you know going along the trail network whether it's uh to see seabirds or or eagles or whales breaching you know you get all that along the coastline of this newfoundland newfoundland labrador that uh you know i've never seen anywhere else i've had the the pleasure of traveling so you know, it's, no. uh, it's pretty. It's pretty great experience. It is, and I, the first time I ever went to Grossmorn, I did. Uh, uh, I get dropped off in, uh, in, in the end of the pond and walked out uh, for several days, and uh, it was absolutely stunning. And I know that there's tour operators that are doing that type of experience. And the other thing is that you know, during this whole period of time when people have been isolated, we have been so fortunate to not be stuck in a concrete tower somewhere. 
we can walk out and and you know and people on the trails were so respectful of space and everything else and giving their distance but you know we i think we were so fortunate in the fact that we could get out and have these amazing things at our doorstep um during a you know time when a lot of people in the world were kind of trapped in their their little concrete jungles no, you're you're right, and and you know, 265 kilometers of trail networks, uh, mm-hmm. just in the East Coast trail network alone. Um, yeah. You know, there's lots of room for social distancing there, uh, and <laughs> you know, but but and and uh, from our health standpoint, it's it's really good to just get out and get active, and you know, it's a challenge when some people are a bit nervous about what's going on with with COVID, and and uh, you know, getting out and experience some of the beautiful weather and scenery is good. It's good for your mental health. Uh, it's good for your mm-hmm. physical health. It's it's just good all around uh, uh, work for your body and your mind. So, you know, from my standpoint, I always take the opportunity. I have a couple of dogs that I that I like to take on the trail with me uh, when, when I can, if the, if the trail is safe. And, you know, most of the trails are set up for, you know, you can have a quicker jaunt if you wanted to or, or a longer one. So, you know, there's opportunities for you to park at one end uh, with, with, uh, with your partner or your or a significant or your bu- double bubble, as they'd say. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And walk to walk to your other car. I mean, if you wanted to shorten the trip a little bit that way, because you only had a certain period of time. But there's ample opportunities for people to avail of it. I mean, I, I've had the pleasure of doing a, bu- a bunch of different trails all over the the uh, East Coast for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to really put a push on myself to try to get out on uh, out in some of the other areas of the province and hike some of those beautiful trails. So many great maps out there, and Nick, you said it's a training ground for our own physical fitness. People may not be able to go into their traditional forms of exercise, but you can't beat, you know, and you can go fast or slow up these things. And even I did uh, Blackhead the other day, and there's a, the trail even divides into more advanced and easier. And so even within the trails, they've even been cognizant of that type of stuff. So, yeah, take your time, go through it, do it for the physical activity. But, okay, so that sort of leads us to the next thing you had said was the food and foraging tours because they're big. I met a guy the other day real foraging expert Sean Dawson and uh, just within like a few minutes was able to point out some amazing things I didn't know about. I'm definitely going to put that on my list of things to learn but tell me a bit about some of those things that people can do for that. Well, I mean, the opportunities for people to participate in uh, guided tours to what some of the, the plant life are, some of the uh, the food that you can get from the uh, the trails, off-the-trail networks that we, we have in the province. I mean, I, I haven't had the opportunity to do one of these myself. I, I'm going to do one this summer, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Dawson probably could be uh, a good one for me to work with on that too. But, you know, there's there's so many different options, and it depends on the community you go to, who who's going to be providing it, and if I mean, from my standpoint, I've always been a firm believer that the best people to provide you the advice is the people that are on the ground in the community in which you're going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're the first-hand knowledge. They're, they're the, the uh, you know, the lived experience, as they say. And any opportunity we have to have a guided person take you to, you know, uh, have a boil up on the beach uh, uh, during your walk or, or, as you said earlier, catch the fish, then, you know, cook it for yourself and your, and your team that's there. I mean, all of those experiences are what we try to sell as a, as a province because that's the word of mouth uh, advertising that we have. The advertising campaigns that we've had are award winning and and win awards globally and and nationally uh, and and we're we're happy about that. But the biggest thing we could always get is the experience that uh, 
Dr. Mike Wall had a fantastic experience on this trail because he had this thing done, and he tells a thousand people about that. That that's the kind of marketing yeah. we can't afford to pay for, and uh, the kind of marketing that really drives people to want to come to uh, to this province each and every time, right? And and uh, our best ab- our best ambassadors are, are the people in the province. They they're the ones that are telling people when they go on vacation themselves, so you got to come to the province. Uh, you yeah. got to come here because it's so beautiful. If you want to see whales, you see dolphins there. This is you come up and see big, big whales in in Newfoundland. If you if you want to come up in June. So it's funny. It's the unintentional entertainment factor too. When people start telling stories, and you know that's the that's the real charm of it all. I guess that's why there's a there was a Broadway show come from away based on hospitality here. So unintentionally, you get people telling local stories, and it makes for an amazing adventure just outside of the scenery and everything else. Well, that's part of our yeah. experience, right? We're we're great right. storytellers. Uh, I'm not such a good storyteller, but there's a lot of Newfoundlanders and Labradorians that are great storytellers. Uh, they can spin a good yarn, good yarn, and and uh, not only not only that they they provide that information about the region that's so important that people mm. when you when you come there it's it's one thing to just visit Twillingate and see an iceberg it's quite another thing to have someone in the community show you and tell you how many icebergs have come there and and what they stand for and some of the cool ones that have been there and you know i mean uh, there's so much that you can get with the experience side that uh, mm. that's that's the life changing stuff it's it, visually it's great and appealing and a lot of people try to do their own walking tours and things like that. I've always been a firm believer that you get a lot more when you uh, uh, hire somebody or, or, or partner with a, a group to do uh, a tour because you always tend to find out a little bit more about the in- intricacies of the community in which you're, going, you're visiting, right? I think that's important. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, and a lot of the foods, you know, we talk about exercise, but a lot of the foods we have here are amazing and healthy and great, and people could learn about how to eat local as well. And uh, and and you know be able to improve their health that way. We had a we had a gardening show on recently where people were talking about growing food here. Lots of things you can grow here in Newfoundland and, and learn about and things that exist in nature. So. Yeah, no, yeah. we're trying. We're trying as a government too to 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 food security and, and sustainability. I mean, we're doing investments in that all the time, and and we we understand that. I mean, we used to have you know eighty or ninety percent of our foods uh, made here and, and grown here. So you know, from my from my standpoint, I, I always look at the opportunities for us to you know grow the opportunities and pardon upon grow the opportunities for us here in this province <laughs> uh, from an agricultural standpoint as well. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I think that that's a, there's a big education we can have about the place that we live. And another way to get to see it for sometimes uh, for people, it's a really fun way too. And, and they're obviously catching a lot of uh, a lot of attention. Uh, it was the last thing you mentioned, which was ATV tours. Yeah, I mean we have we have, there's a bit of uh, activity for everyone there. If you if you like to motorize vehicles, whether it be ATVs or skidoos, uh, I had the ability to do um, a skidoo tour. Uh, uh, this uh, a skidoo run, sorry, this uh, this winter, and it was mm-hmm. uh, fantastic. And the mm-hmm. scenery that you get to see uh, at different seasons of the year are, are, are completely different too. So you know uh, when the when the lakes or ponds are frozen over, uh, you get a completely different viewpoint of of what's out there. And and obviously mm-hmm. ATV tours uh, is a, is a business that's starting to uh, ramp up in the province. It's it's always been there. It's uh, you know it's growing each and every year. And and 
it's it's growing because of the people that are involved in the industry themselves the operators they're they're really trying to diversify the offerings they have and make it more inclusive for people that want to get out and see different things and different times of the year different lengths of time different experience levels that you can have i mean a lot of people get the opportunity to uh, to not ride atv or a skidoo very often in their lives right so you know right. anytime you can you give them that opportunity to do something a little different that's that's just one more notch in the belt of experience that uh, they get to bring with them and, and tell someone about how it's how great the experience was here in our province well that's great well listen we're, we're running out of time but uh, any last words you want to share with the listening audience very excited about what the season has to to show for us in 2020. I know it's going to be a challenging one. Uh, we look forward to you know salvaging what we can out of that, and, and part of that is going to be everyone uh, pulling together and, and wanting to get out and see some of this province, which is important. And I know myself, I can't wait to get out to see Sandbanks Provincial Park uh, in Bergio. Uh, I haven't been there. I've seen a picture, uh, uh, a photo contest uh, here in the province. Uh, one of the residents of the province uh, took a picture, and it looks beautiful. I can't wait to go down and see it and, and uh, you know, uh, experience what it is down in, uh, in Bergio area and, um, you know, just get out and experience those things that are a little different. Uh, there's French bread ovens in port that you can go up and, and cook your bread, eat it, have a cup of tea, watching whales or, or looking at the bay, boats going back and forth. It's a great experience. Get out and enjoy what it is this pro- that makes our province the best province in the country, but the best place to live in the world. I agree. I agree 1,000%. Well, Minister Davis, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to uh, share that with us, and I'm sure we'll have you back to give us updates as uh, more things are happening in the province. Oh, happy to do so. Thank you, Mike, for the great work you do, and and get out and enjoy uh, uh, what it is to be Newfoundlanders and Labradorians, for sure, this summer. Uh, Minister Davis, he is the elected representative of the District of Virginia Waters in Pleasantville and the Minister of Tourism, Culture, Industry, and Innovation. He was telling us about all the great things we can do here in the summer while we're doing staycations and staying active. We'll be right back after this break. The Health and Wellness Show will be right back on your VOCM. Now back to Dr. Mike Wall. This is the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM. Welcome back to the show. In the first half of the show, we talked to Minister Davis about the adventure tourism and activities we can get right here in our own province. And this half of the show, we got a very special guest, and we're going to talk about what you can do outside, but also how to be safe. With me for this half of the show is Renee Ritter. He's a wilderness medic and outdoor educator. He's completed long-distance expeditions in Greenland and the Arctic and was most recently supported by Canadian Geographic Society. He's currently running an outdoor education business and sea kayaking tour company based out of Cape Royal. Welcome to the show, Renee. Thanks. It's great to be here. That's awesome. I think that uh, you know your story is so incredible. We're talking about being outdoor and being active in the province this summer. Maybe you can tell folks that haven't heard of some of your adventures a little bit about yourself. Well, yeah, I think you covered a good bit of it there in the intro. I'm actually, as unfortunate as the situation is currently, I think that it's a good time to explore our own backyard. And I'm actually really stoked to get out there and see some places in Newfoundland that I've been meaning to see and just haven't gotten around to it. Up until now, I've been involved in mostly kind of long long distance long term expeditionary type uh, projects where I'm gone for a month or five weeks here and there and um no I, I you know I, I'm I'm happy to be home here while this is uh, going on and to uh to hike and paddle and, and do some of the things I wanted to do. 
you went to Greenland and you you traversed across Greenland, right? And then you've got another expedition you got planned going up north, right? Yeah, I did uh, in 2016. I did a crossing from the east to the west, across the ice cap from coast to coast, and then uh, the following year I did uh, an 11 day trip in the Baffin Mountains through uh, a traditional pass um, from one nor- uh, Arctic community to another, and then uh, 20. 20- 18 i started a a three-year project which um, has been postponed now because of the the issues here but um it's a uh, a traveling of the northwest passage starting in the west uh, of nunavut and then ending in the east of nunavut so there's been some hiccups in that whole journey but no good journey is ever without a few hiccups a little bit extra time to train i suppose so uh this uh plus 20 degree weather must be sweltering for you if you're used to be in the arctic all the time uh i'm I'm enjoying it (laughs) yeah it's good and so you know we talked in the first half of the show about all the different activities we can do right here in our province what are some of the things that you do around here locally well since i'm a dad i find that my focus has changed a little bit outside i I enjoy taking my uh he's two and a half so i enjoy taking him out and uh just watching him explore the world and his little um toddler brain and, and everything is is super cool and awesome so i really enjoy just being outside and doing things that are more low-key now but I'm uh, as I mentioned I'm I'm really happy to have the opportunity to paddle more and to learn more about sea kayaking it's something that I wanted to pursue for a really long time uh, to increase my skill set and to become more proficient at doing some things that are beyond my um, level of comfort and I want to do some more uh, you know the Avalon Wilderness Reserve really intrigues me, so I really want to spend as much time there as I can, hiking and and you know um, just exploring, uh, checking out some of the um, the areas to fish and on the island as well. And uh, I've never salmon fished before. I would like to try maybe uh, try fly fishing for salmon. And yeah. so those are some of the things I I hope to do this this summer as I staycation. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I had the opportunity. I might not be able to do it this year because uh, traveling off the island is difficult, but I went up to the Eagle River and, and went fishing one time, and it was just unbelievable because I grew up uh, next to a, a river in New Brunswick, and uh, there was salmon fishing there, but it was nothing compared to this. So, you know, we've got some pretty world-class stuff here. Um, Minister Davis was talking about, you know, some of these things to do, but I think it's important when people venture outside for the first time and start hitting off some of the East Coast trails they've always wanted to, maybe going a little bit further than they have before or trying things that are a little bit more adventurous. Um, safety becomes a big issue, and that's one of the things you teach people about. When people are about to start hiking, getting a bit more into it, what are some safety tips they should keep in mind? Well, yeah, that's a great point, and uh, I think for the most part, people are um, cautious and responsible when they go into the backcountry and they know their limitations and, and things of that nature, um, but on occasion, in experience work Working with search and rescue teams across the country and, edu- and, and working with them in an educational perspective, I hear uh, a lot of stories about unfortunate situations where people are not prepared when they go out um, in the backcountry, and it's often a situation where the person is lost and they get hypothermic, and then they're either found very unwell or they are, are, not, are found uh, it's an unfortunate outcome. So some of the key points with respect to safety uh, would be to know your limitations, uh, plan ahead for sure, let someone know where you're going, when you're going to take off, and when you're going to expect to be back and if you're not back 
you know, um, in a certain time frame to activate uh, EMS, emergency medical services. Bring the appropriate gear for the environment that you intend to go to. So if you're a paddler and you want to, you know, um, canoe in, on a on a remote pond somewhere, you know, wear your PFD. Bring enough uh, equipment to get through a night. Even if you don't plan to be out there for the night, we all know Newfoundland. We all know the weather changes sometimes dramatically and quickly. So if you're, you know, not equipped with the proper uh, communication devices, navigation devices, then you could easily see yourself getting lost, and then um, that could lead to an unfortunate outcome. Right, and and you know, for people that, uh, for example, on the Avalon that might be hiking the East Coast Trail, or people coming to the Avalon to hike the East Coast Trail, there are great trail maps now, and and things like Google Earth and things like that allow you to be able to take a look at what you're getting into before you even start. Is that something you tell people to do? Is have maps and, and sort of things like that? as well that will help them navigate a little better? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Being prepared before you go out into the wilderness is something that I always advocate. Um, It's just a safety mechanism that people should practice. Generally, I try not to be a should-be person or you should do this, but it's just good practice to be prepared. Um, You know, when you go out on the trail, uh, I've seen it personally walking the the trails in Newfoundland. I did the long-range traverse uh, maybe two years ago, and as we were coming out after five beautiful days, uh, we saw people coming in with like low top sneakers on and shorts yeah. and t-shirts that are made of cotton. And I just remember thinking, you don't know what yeah. you don't know. Yes, exactly. I did that actually, uh, and that was an amazing uh, trek that I went with uh, a good friend of mine who was uh, an RCMP officer and knew his way around the woods. He was from Rocky Harbor, so he was a local. And uh, but that w- that made it all that much better, having the right equipment and uh, and then having the right tools. And we checked in with the with the park and all that stuff before we went. So um, yeah, let's let's talk about a little bit more health related stuff. Uh, you're right outside. We're exposed to the elements now. The sun has been shining for a little while, which has been awesome. Um, what about like sun protection, hydration, things like that? that people should think of? That's a a great question. And uh, I think I can kind of sum it up with basically one point, and it's uh, called bringing the 10 essentials. So uh, 10 essentials are the 10 essential items that we, or I recommend, we recommend in wilderness medicine to bring with you to protect yourself against sun. So for example, um, sunscreen, obviously, and hats, things of that nature, uh, and then nine other items like navigation and fire starting and extra food and water and clothing and things like that. So being prepared, research online the 10 essentials. They're relatively all the same depending on where you go and super advocate bringing that along. Even if you people, long story short, what people get into trouble is the phrase, I am just. I'm just right. going to go for a half a day. And then that turns yeah. into two days, you know? Perfect. So, yeah. 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 Okay, good. And so, yeah, what would be some of the 10 essentials? So 10 essentials, uh, navigation, so map, compass, GPS. Uh, GPS, uh, wary of, sometimes it's a great tool, but like all electronics, it can fail, it can die on you. Um, Headlamp, sun or wind protection, we just discussed. Uh, First aid kit, uh, a knife or some sort of cutting tool that you you prefer. Um, The ability to make fire, like it could be anything. Bic lighters, not to throw out a name brand there, but you know... um, Mm -hmm. They, in the cold, don't work so great, so matches, a fire starter, something like that. I know we, we're not supposed to build fires outside. It's you know, um, prohibited. Uh, in a survival situation, there's maybe some legalities that to look at. Um, you want to bring shelter of some sort. That could just be a tarp, a small tarp mm. and, and some uh, cord. 
uh, you want to bring extra food, uh, a way to make water, whether that be some sort of purification device, and finally, extra clothes. Um, I think most of us know that when you sweat, you get cold real quick. So if you can change into a a new non-cotton shirt, cotton, not good outside, please (laughs) please try not to wear cotton. But wool or synthetics are recommended. When cotton gets wet, you get cold and you become hypothermic potentially. That's awesome. Well, that's a really great start here. Uh, We're going to jump to a break, Renee. We'll come back and we'll chat more about being safe outdoors. We're here with the wilderness medic and outdoor educator, Renee Ritter. We'll be right back after this break. The Health and Wellness Show will be right back on your VOCM. Now back to Dr. Mike Wall. This is the Health and Wellness Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. We're here with wilderness medic and outdoor educator, Renee Ritter, and we are talking about being outdoors this summer and getting your physical activity in a safe way. Renee, um, you obviously have to train before you go on these big, long expeditions. What is some of that training that you go through entail? It's unusual, actually. If you ever see a really tall guy dragging a couple of tires behind him uh, down the street, then that's probably me getting set for a, a trip. Um, but that's actually what I do. I'll, I'll just pull weight behind me because uh, in the polar journeys that I do, that's essentially what I do um, for 10 hours a day. Um, so it's uh, I try to do it so really I'm not um, visible because it does look silly. But, um, yeah, I, I do that a fair bit when I'm getting ready for a trip. Um, having a, Being involved in a, a couple of businesses now, my time is actually spent a lot indoors, so I'm trying to turn that around and get outside. So I enjoy biking. I enjoy riding my mountain bike. I enjoy um, paddling. I uh, do some pack rafting. Uh, it's, uh, it's just a... Uh, a small inflatable raft you can hike with, and then when you get to a body of water, you can put in and then paddle across and things like that. So just being outside, um, I'm not a runner per se, but uh, it's a way to become cardiovascularly fit. So I try to do that as much as I can, just more so for my joints and my body. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's what I do for the most Good. part. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, these types of things, trekking, hiking, they can be pretty physically demanding for people, but you know, what are the types of changes you, you would expect somebody who's like, okay, I'm going to start hiking this summer. I'm going to get out. I'm going to start hitting the trails that I've heard about my whole life living in, living in uh, Newfoundland. Uh, what would they expect to see for changes in their health and their fitness if they started getting out there? Hmm. Yeah, I can only obviously speak for myself, but for me personally, um, I find that getting out there and becoming more active is, uh, you know, I see the weight drop off fairly uh, fairly readily. Um, so that's always happy. Uh, I'm always happy to, to see that. Um, I just find that I'm more, I, um, my mood is better. Uh, my level of energy is higher than if I'm stuck in an office for two weeks doing paperwork and strategic plans. So um, yeah, it's definitely a physical and a mental benefit for sure. It's, uh, you know, equates to sleeping better. I come home and I sleep way better if I've been outside all day than if I've been in the office all day. So, um, it's a multifaceted kind of benefit for me, um, personally. That's awesome. And those are, those are some of the major pillars of health. We've had lots of guests talk about different ways that they're able to achieve it. And I think being out in nature is definitely one of the best things we can do for our mental health. Um, it helps break the day up. And, and you know what? It's so funny in Newfoundland, like we were talking earlier in the show, that some people are stuck in big buildings and they can't get out. And 
we have access to some breathtaking views within five minutes of town. So or in town or wherever you live in Newfoundland, you may live with a view in your front yard. So yeah, very lucky. We're very lucky. We're very lucky to live where we are. We live in one of the most beautiful areas of the world, in my opinion. So well, you mentioned earlier uh, about kayaking and how you also run some tours with that. I always assumed, but I didn't know that kayaking in Newfoundland is some of the best in the world too. When I, I lived in Nunavut for a really long time, um, being originally from here, um, like a lot of people, I moved away to to pursue other uh, career um, opportunities. But we um, we moved back a year ago, and for the last year, I'd been planning to begin a uh, sea kayaking outfit in Cape Royal, which is where um, we have a, a little place there on the on the seaside. So this has been a dream of mine for a long time. Um, so after a year of planning to realize that there's a pandemic, it was obviously a, a fairly low point for me. And uh, so we're just sort of trying to make the best of it now and, and hopeful that, you know, people will take advantage of the opportunity to stay at home and to explore their own backyard a little bit. So um, yeah, as disappointing as it is, it's still, I, I, there's still, the stoke is high to, uh, to offer programs in Cape Royal. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like that's a huge focus for uh, the tourism department and the government, and uh, they're going to try to really promote that for people. And I think that, you know, people come here all the time to do these types of activities, and we, we have them right right there in front of us. Um, when it comes to sea kayaking, um, there's probably some things that, you know, people can go out and buy a sea kayak very easily. You can get them at department stores and things like that now. Um Let's go back to that safety topic for a second. You know, what are some what are some safety things people have got to take into account if they're about to venture into the North Atlantic on a sea kayak for the first time? Yeah, so I, I see a lot of people on uh, Facebook, for example, who've gone out and bought, uh, you know, kayaks from or, you know, some sort of uh, watercraft from a local hardware store or whatnot. And uh, then I see pictures of them on ponds with uh Again, T-shirt and, and shorts or T-shirt and jeans with no um, life jacket. And it's a little concerning to me just from my occupation working in health and safety. Um, there's two issues with water. Um, obviously, there's the element of drowning. And then there's also the element of exposure to water. So typically what claims the most lives um, is submersion. So you know, people unfortunately drown um, or they're um, exposed to water, they become hypothermic. And if they survive, they could be, um, you know, there could be some long lasting problems for them neurologically. So we try to, or I try to advocate people to always wear a PFD uh, or a personal flotation device or life jacket and to always dress for the water temperature and not the air temperature. So, yes. and I, you know, I have uh, in my risk management plan for the kayaking business, uh, that's a, a really stringent um, protocol for the, for the guides is that you ensure that people have their PSDs on and, and on correctly and that they're thermally protected from exposure to the water. We don't expect people to get in the water, but in the event that there is an event where people are out of the boat, that they're protected. Well, you know, that that's that's a good point. I think that a lot of these things, like the sort of vein of, of our chat right now is, you know, get out, get active, do these things. They're amazing for us. Just, just make sure we're, we're doing it safely. And, and that's one of the other things that you do is you help people learn about survival and, uh, and wilderness uh, safety. Um, Tell us a bit about what, what that type of training includes. Because, I mean, people are taking up new hobbies now with the pandemic. Everybody's learning new things. They're learning how to make breads. They're learning how to do everything. But, like, why not learn how to navigate our, our outdoors? Yeah, so that this kind of falls back to just my passion for being outside and doing it in a safe way. Um, 
we offer uh, a few different programs that uh, focus on learning the skills. So we welcome people who have absolutely zero experience outside. There may be people outside who want to get out there and go hiking and camp and things like that, but just don't really know where to start. So that's sort of where um, we come in. So we have a, a program that's called the Outdoor Skills Course. And the Outdoor Skills Course starts from the very basics, like preparing a trip plan, getting ready to go out, how to pitch a tent, how to create an emergency shelter from tarps and natural surrounding uh, natural things you find in your environment. Um, in the event, you know, something happens to your tent and it blows away here. It's, it's not hard for something to blow away on you. Talk about hygiene in the backcountry. We talk about, you know, how to uh, build an emergency fire. We talk about how to, to navigate and to navigate using some really interesting, cool, old school stuff like the sun and the stars, not to necessarily only rely on a GPS or a cell phone. So, uh, it's just meant to up people's uh, confidence and up their knowledge base uh, before they go out there. And uh, we've done it uh, in the wintertime this past winter, and it was pretty well received. People enjoyed it, even in some really cold and blustery conditions where we camped overnight. And we had a nice, you know, at the time we had a fire, and it was a good time. I love that. So uh, we're starting to wind down here now, Renee, but uh, what's what's next for you on your uh, your adventures? As long as the uh, the, epi- the uh, pandemic's in place, obviously travel is uh, not going to be an option for me personally. And uh, so for me, it's more so just focusing on uh, helping people get outside and spending more time with my son and my wife, and my family outdoors. Um, again, just um, paddling around uh, Cape Royal, poking and exploring different places, and, and like yeah, just helping people just rekindle their passion for this amazing place. That's awesome. Well, how, listen, if we want to follow your adventures. How can they? How can they follow you on social media? I do have. I do have a Twitter account. I have a Twitter, so it's uh, at Arctic underscore Renee R E N E, and then an Instagram. It's at Polar Renee. Um, just one E R E N E. I try to post there as often as I can. But uh, if you're interested in the Northwest Passage trip, that's my passion right now. Is the Northwest Passage just from a historical and from a challenge perspective? So. Um, there's some nice photos of there. There's some nice uh, video of polar bears uh, in North uh, that we've kind of encountered. So um, if you're interested, have a look. Awesome. Well, that's great. Well, we will expect to see you dragging tires around uh, town this summer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks very much for being on the show today and sharing all that great information with us. Yeah, I appreciate the time. And uh, everyone be safe out there. And uh, hope to see you uh, down in Cape Royal or somewhere having some fun. Well, that was Renee Ritter, wilderness medic and outdoor educator. That was our show today, guys. I think it was a great show. It encourages everybody to get out and see this beautiful province we have. Uh, Get fit, get healthy, and enjoy everything that we have to offer here right at home. Uh, That's today's show. We will catch up with you same time next week. The Health and Wellness Show will be right back on your VOCM.